Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Badger Bonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Hello. Well, hi. Hi. We're, We're here at the uh, Shortcode Podcast Studios. Yeah. And Katie is... In a bed Except in a far. Katie. Katie's <laughs> in a bed in a faraway place. Yeah. Uh, where Where are you, I'm, Katie? I'm on the road. She's on the I'm road. I'm in West Virginia. She's currently hiding under the covers for better sound quality. I don't, I don't know if that works <laughs> or not, but the things I do for you, Vagabonds listeners. It's kind of funny to watch you. Uh, I know. We like to think that it does. <laughs> Hopefully it does. We do what needs to be done. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. Um, what? So how's it, how's it going out there in West Virginia? Well, it's good. It's very warm here. Mm. Um, I talked to my dad last night, and he said it was snowing in Sioux City. So, I mean, uh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah, there's a blizzard in Sheldon, Iowa last night. Yeah. Um, but it was very warm here. I didn't even wear a coat to dinner last night, so that's fun. That's nice. It's been really nice here, but then it just got cold. Ugh, gross. And I was going to be grumpy about it this morning, but then I realized that uh, I didn't. I can't really complain because it's been nice and it's technically yeah. December. <laughs> Knock yeah. it off, yeah. you, in, you entitled millennial. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed to be grumpy. <laughs> um... The other fun thing I did though, so this weekend I was in New Jersey and Ooh. on Saturday I went to New York City and we went to Phantom of the Opera and we ate dinner at Sardi's and we went and saw the Rockefeller Christmas tree and You're, it was cray cray. You're fancy. Yeah. I'm very fancy. I know. I, um, you know, the Rockefeller Christmas tree, it's just a big tree. It is a big tree with lots of people around it. I was there last year. You know, it was impressive, but... Uh, it smells really good. It what? It smelled good. That's like the, the only place in New York that smells good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess there's that. It stands out. I mean, if you... As long as you, you know, like exhaust, vomit, and and pee, New yeah, York smells yeah. pretty good. That sounds this so tempting. Do, I ha- <laughs> do, we have, do we have people who come from New York uh, as listeners? I don't know. I've never been to New York, fun fact. You've never been to New York. No. You got to go to New York. New York's a great city. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I go I just, at least once. It's a great city, despite the the many smells. I've never really had the occasion to go to New York. Yeah. Um, like, me, any good reason to go? New York is. I think it's shocking to Midwesterners uh, in a way. Like my children are Midwesterners. They are native Iowans, which is always weird for me to say, but they are native Iowans. And I we did go to. New York City with them for the first time. There was a first time for that, obviously. And I just watching them take it in, I kind of got to see it as somebody who's never been to New York before. And I yeah. realized that place is freaking insane. Yeah. So mm-hmm. many people walking around doing so many strange things that people in like vaping on giant v- vape 
machines that, <laughs> and and there's there's bottles of liquid nitrogen on the side of the road and and there's the sheer number of people who are relatively speaking dressed to the nines and and or not and uh i mean the tall building it's just crazy yeah when you think about it mm-hmm that's where like real fancy people live fancy people live there yeah Mm-hmm. I lived there for a year and a half in the 90s in Brooklyn. And, You're uh, so fancy. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think so. Um, I lived in a lower echelon mafia neighborhood, I think, mm. uh, where, where the, where the um, limos were kind of beat up. Gotcha. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Good times. When I was a kid, there was this really old, like, 1980s limo for sale at this used car lot in my hometown, and we always tried to convince my mom to buy it, but she never did. <laughs> that would have How been amazing. How freaking cool would that have been, though? Like, rolling up to school in, like, a 1980s limo? Yeah. That would be an ultimate Kim mobile. <laughs> <laughs> Probably had, like, burgundy interior or something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That's I've- awesome. I've been thinking lately that the Etlers need to be a double car family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, um, but I, I, I don't. It's kind of hard not to be in Iowa, to be honest. Well, it is. And now I have kids and that are older. And I was going to say, I'm impressed that you have two kids and you only have one car. But um, it's not like we don't have Lyft and Uber and all that shit. Right. So, taxis and all that kind of stuff, which would be cheaper. But the point is, I want, I don't want a regular car. I want a car that's cool. Get a hearse. Uh, I, <laughs> that's not what I was. That's not one of the options I was thinking of. But thank you for giving me something new to think about. We you tried to convince my dad to buy a hearse. It's going to be haunted, Dave. Well, I hope so. Obviously. I would hope so. Um, it's part of its charm. I was thinking about a VW, VW bus. Mm-hmm. Like a '79 VW bus. That would be. There you go. Pretty sweet. And it would fulfill the, the fantasies of my wife and I, who, as former bus drivers, always crave the experience of driving something where the steering wheels are behind us. <laughs> I know. We have big dreams. The Wait, what? Not the steering wheels. The, the, the wheels that steer, the, the wheels that oh, cause you to go yay. left. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I get you. They're behind yes, you yes. On, a, on a Volkswagen bus, which is a, a completely different experience mm. driving-wise than... Right. And transit buses are that way. So mm, yes. anyway, I don't think that's ever going to come to pass. Hey, hey never say no. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. Yeah. Live what your we, dreams. Yeah. What are we talking about today? I don't know. You're in charge. Great question, Corbin. So today, you know, we talk a lot about birth control and, you know, as we've said in a previous episode, stopping babies. Yes. Got to stop those babies. <laughs> as you may or may not know, there are also medical indications for being on birth control which um, is a big argument for some people when they say that women should have access to birth control. Um, you know, I think it's a good argument, but it's, I mean, I think women should just have access to birth control just because. But um, if mm-hmm. we're going to make the medical argument for birth control, um, why don't we make one of it? So I thought we could talk about one of the reasons why um, women might need to be on a birth control regimen um, for a medical reason, and that is something that many people talk about and is talked about a lot in popular culture, but um, or alluded to, but um, we don't talk a lot about the nuts and bolts 
the nitty gritty details of his polycystic ovarian syndrome, <laughs> aka that, wait, PCOS. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, is polycystic ovary syndrome really referred to a lot in pop culture? <laughs> People, okay, well, <laughs> maybe in my pop culture. <laughs> I was going to say, I think me and Corbin's definition of pop culture is very different yeah. than most people's. <laughs> what pop okay, culture I think references that people are there talk, to? I don't know. I think people talk about it as like, it's like, it comes up on Facebook of people having PCOS or what is, you know, I don't yeah. know. Katie, would you, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Okay. So I, well, I think like, it's like, you know how like Lena Dunham has endometriosis and she's like very like vocal about it and so i think it's like kind of one of those things where like celebrities that have it are like becoming more outspoken about having it mm. and like talking about it yeah so pcos i don't know if you've ever seen my big fat fabulous life on tlc no sure haven't anyway it's a <laughs> but we're pretty sure you have surprise. i have surprise surprise I, i'm not a huge fan of the show i'm not a huge fan of the main character just her personality but sometimes i've watched it in the past but anyway so um but that's not you know a dig against her or the show it's just you know not my cup of tea if you will anyway uh so she has pco she gained a weight in a lot of weight i guess in her college years and um attributes it to having pcos so maybe that's what i'm thinking about in popular culture anyway so what is pcos polycystic ovarian syndrome uh it is a um basically it's a syndrome so it's a constellation of symptoms that um we don't exactly know the ideology of and basically it's defined by a criteria so if you meet a criteria then you're a pcos i thought this would be a good time to talk about the difference between a syndrome and and a disease that is, yeah oh yeah because they're different and they mean different they things are different so a syndrome like pcos is a group of symptoms that consistently occur together or condition cared uh, characterized by a set of associated symptoms so there is no like defined ideology per se um, but it's just these symptoms that tend to occur together or occur together um, mm-hmm. a disease Which is interesting yeah. go ahead Wait, because like down syndrome so i mean okay down syndrome is a syndrome in that like the things that characterize it are things that are frequently found together but we do know the ideology of it yeah so yeah that is interesting which you know they may or may not um occur together and there's another difference between ibs irritable bowel syndrome and ibd Mm -hmm. irritable bowel disease ibs is inflammatory bowel disease oh yeah sorry well anyway still um what did I say? You said inflam or irritable bowel disease oh, instead of okay. inflammatory. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, friends. It's okay. Anyway, uh, irritable bowel syndrome is basically, yeah, you have symptoms of like needing to go to the bathroom a lot or moving back and forth between constipation and diarrhea and having pain with bowel movements, etc. And then inflammatory bowel disease is actually, but with IBS, the syndrome, there's no organic cause, so no structural anomaly or like if you did a biopsy there would be like nothing it would show nothing abnormal. yeah there would be show nothing <clears throat> abnormal and then with um irritable bowel disease or excuse me inflammatory bowel disease you would actually have something structurally wrong with your bowel so um and like i said a disease is a disorder of structure or function um that that produces the signs or symptoms so 
disease you could actually point to like this is what's wrong well and i think also um to further that point like syndromes can have diseases as one of their constellation of things right so like for down syndrome like having i think um alzheimer's disease is is one of the things that can make up down yeah. syndrome Th those like patients Hirschbrunn's are more likely disease. to have alzheimer's yeah 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 so um yeah so pcos is a syndrome it's in the name it affects five to ten percent of reproductive age women so it's fairly common katie's making faces at us <laughs> sorry sorry that's why i love it hot in here <laughs> um so like i said we can't really run like one test and be like you have pcos the most there are a few different criteria there's um but the most commonly used one i think is the rotterdam criteria and that's named after the uh the conference in which it was developed i believe rotterdam in the um, Netherlands. Yeah. That's where Rotterdam is. Anyway, I've been there. So you have to Rotterdam. meet um you have to meet two of the three criteria. And then uh so one criteria is to have irregular cycles. Usually it's oligomenorrhea, so f which the definition of oligomenorrhea is fewer than nine menstrual uh, periods in a year. Um you have to have evidence, either clinical or biochemical, so like a blood test that shows hyperandrogenism, so that is increased like male steroids. Um, the clinical, the clinical, I guess signs are having excess acne, um, hirsutism, which I have a really hard hirsutism, hirsutism, hirsutism. She always have a hard time saying her, her situism, which uh, the definition of that is just basically excess. We call terminal so thick or pigmented body hair in a male distribution in on a female. So the male distribution is like upper lip, chin, periola area, mid sternum along the along the like mid belly of the lower. So I mean, like chest and facial hair, basically. Yeah. Chest and facial hair. Uh. And then male pattern hair loss is also another sign of hyperandrogenism. You're making me think that I have PCOS, but okay. Well, you're a male. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't. So it's okay for you to have lots of androgens. It's okay for you. You're supposed to, yeah. Um, and then the third criteria is having a single ovary uh, with 12 or more small follicles and or over 10 milliliters of ovarian volume on transvaginal ultrasound. To be clear, it's not that you have a single ovary. It's that you have at least one no. ovary At least one, cysts. yeah. At least one with cysts. And when we talk about cysts and polycystic ovarian syndrome, we're not talking about, like, some people have cysts on their ovaries and they're painful and they pop um, and they can cause your ovary to tours. This is not the... These are not the cysts of PCOS. PCOS right. are actually just, like... The cysts are basically follicles. So when a woman, I guess, cycles, she has a, a follicle that essentially develops that become a dominant follicle that will eventually she will ovulate. Um, and that's what, you know, is the egg basically that could have create a pregnancy. Um, so at any given time, there are, uh, you know, basically a certain number of follicles that get recruited to mature to develop basically into the dominant follicle and one will be chosen there can only be one every month um <laughs> that sounds so sounds so cool yeah um but many will enter because one will leave. yeah and we find that 
in you know PCOS be basically suspect the underlying ideology I mean there are lots of theories it has to do with like hormonal imbalance and um insulin hyperinsulinemia so high levels of insulin basically mm-hmm. this a dominant follicle can't develop essentially mm-hmm. and oh, okay. so you have these cysts which are these follicles basically that yeah, are so they're not true cysts. yeah they're, they're not true cysts. they're basically they're, a bunch of follicles that aren't being allowed to develop properly right. yeah okay mm-hmm. um yeah and then so like i said we don't really know what's a cause but there are certain things we see in a lot of women with um pcos like um difficulty with fertility Hmm. like i said they're not able to make that dominant follicle they also aren't really cycling and in order to be fertile you have like we said one of the symptoms of pcos is having fewer menstrual periods in a year so if you're not cycling you can't really you know you need to cycle to create a egg i guess right and you need a dominant follicle too to create an egg you need dominant follicle. Um, also, women with uh, PCOS are more likely to um, develop diabetes and hyper or high cholesterol. They, we found that um, typically women with PCOS have higher insulin levels, so more insulin resistant. And correct me if I'm wrong, Corbin, but I think right now they don't know if the hyperinsulin part is because of the PCOS or if it's the other way around. So right now it's just correlation, right? And we right. don't know which causes which. Yeah, we're not sure which chicken, which egg. We're not we're not yeah. really sure um which comes first. Uh which is, you know, a big question and which is I think the big question about PCOS. So a lot of people associated PCOS with obesity. Mm-hmm. Um however, the median like BMI of someone with PCOS is actually normal. And so there are like lean body types that also have PCOS. Mm-hmm. So, so it could be that the PCOS is causing the obesity and not the other way around. Is that what you're saying? Or it could be not related. It could be unrelated. They could be. Here's also this is an interesting way to think about it too. There could be just some sort of metabolic process that you have that going on in your body that causes PCOS, but can also cause mm-hmm. obesity. Sure. I right, mean, yeah. So it may not cause both. It may cause one or not the other, but it could be, you know, not necessarily that obesity causes PCOS or PCS causes obesity, but rather there's some link there somewhere. Something upstream that's causing both things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So very interesting, very fascinating. There's a lot to be done. I think we'll learn in our lifetime. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about Mm -hmm. um, PCOS. Um, what are some treatments for PCOS? I mean, because we don't know the, uh, cause of PCOS, we obviously can't, we can't cure it and we can't, um, you know, treat the underlying cause because we don't know what that is, but we do treat PCOS symptomatically. Um, which I was going to say, so, I mean, we're going to talk about birth control, obviously, and you talked about this earlier, but. Uh, something I think is interesting is like when you were talking about using birth control medically for like, you know, like not for actually controlling birth, it's interesting that we still call it birth control, you know, like, I feel like we should call it something else. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, but I don't know what that would be because contraception is still the same, you know, the same thing. Well, it's basically hormone therapy, right? I mean, right, it's... it is hormone therapy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But 
and so yeah but that has a, that has a of course that has other implications of, right. you know right yeah like when you get say hormone, hormone therapy you think of like hormone replacement therapy right right yeah which it's not really that but yeah i don't know it's just interesting um not that i think that just because some women should get it for medical reasons doesn't mean that other women shouldn't get it for birth control reasons but it's just interesting yeah no i agree well, language shapes a lot about how we feel and how we react uh-huh. to things. And so sometimes these things do make a difference. <laughs> yeah. Just to make you feel better, Corbin, there are some pop culture people who I looked up. Who have PCOS. Who have PCOS. Huh. Daisy Ridley. I don't know uh, who that is. Star Wars, uh, uh, the current generation of Star Wars uh, actors. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Emma Thompson. Oh. So from PCOS. Hmm. So... There's a few others. I didn't recognize any of their names, which is proving how old I am. But anyway. Anyway. That's all right. So treatments for PCOS. So we talked about having few cycles in a year, few menstrual cycles. So what does that mean? Um, So if a woman is on no birth control, but not really cycling, not really. So a period is just shedding the inside, you know, your, the inside of your uterus. So if Mm -hmm. you're, you're not really on anything, but you're not really having a period, your body is still building up your endometrial layer so basically for women who have pcos and aren't cycling their bodies are still building up their layer and but they aren't really shedding it so basically the layer just gets thicker and thicker and thicker i mean eventually they will shed it but usually i mean some women don't hardly have any periods at all but um basically it puts them at risk for endometrial cancer so in order to right. lower that Cause the more because the more you have in there the more like the more cells that are likely to uh develop dysplasia so right. the more it's like saying like if you have 10 cells like and one of them is going to get cancer so then if you had 100 cells then 10 of them so you're increasing your likelihood that one of them is going to become cancerous yeah dave has a somewhat confused look on his nope, face no nope, i get it you're on board i'm okay. on board you're on board okay okay and everyone under, everyone under this is like i'm teaching a class does everyone understand <laughs> does everyone does understand everyone? about how your body will still build up your psych <laughs> your your estrogen your is, you know it's still you're building it up anyway just take right. that as a fact anyway <laughs> <laughs> well said don't question her well no, said. yeah i'm just kidding you can question me <laughs> um yeah so you have to protect against that so you need to give them some sort of like option that um will protect against uh that and you know a, a, a birth control pill so a standard like combined estrogen progesterone pill will do that um and you can you don't have to have a period every month but as long as you have a period occasionally it's fine um uh, iud will also do that keep the lining really thin and when and when corbin says as long as you don't have a period every month but if you have an occasionally that's for people who whose linings are still being built up so for people like on an iud or like the implant yeah who cannot have periods that's because it's preventing the lining from building up right so that's a different thing that she's talking about just so we're clear that not having a period every month if we know the reason is okay it's totally fine yeah so like yeah someone who's on a iu who has an iud their lining won't be built up and so they don't need to have a period Mm. however someone who yeah is on a pill their lining still gets built up a little bit and so um you should want you should shut it off every once in a while um Things that aren't acceptable in PCOS, a non-hormonal birth control, because obviously that doesn't do anything for them. 
Right. <laughs> uh, Are you going to talk about the effects of like having too much estrogen all the time and not enough progesterone? You can, can talk, talk about them, yeah. Okay, so the other thing, the other reason why... I don't think it's worth my time, but you can talk about it. No, no, that's not... (laughs) Um, So the other reason why it's important to take something that regulates your hormones in your PCOS when you're having fewer cycles is because um, there's been lots of studies that show that unopposed estrogen um, increases your risk of all kinds of cancers, including breast and ovarian cancers. And so basically, um, once you're follicle releases the egg um then you have something called the corpus luteum which we talked about this in our periods episode um but the corpus luteum produces progesterone right corbs yep um and so you need the progesterone to oppose the estrogen estrogen's effects on your body and so if you're basically going through let's say you go through a year and you only have nine periods instead of 12 or 13 actually it would be um so you're having four less periods than um someone with a normal cycle is so that means you're going four less times without having the protective effects of progesterone against Uh against estrogen and so that just means that over time you you build up more and more and more estrogen with fewer and fewer and fewer progesterone protective effects and so it can increase your risk for cancers and other things down the line too Um, which is why it's important to have a cycle approximately every 28 days i mean obviously give or take a few days in there but um but yes, that's another thing that birth control helps prevent down the line too for people with PCOS. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, so like we talked about, one of the criteria for being diagnosed with PCOS is having the hyperandrogenism, having the excess male steroids. So you, it's not necessarily like you're going to prevent cancer if you, you know, try to treat these symptoms, but you know, a lot of people don't want to have these symptoms like acne and hair growth and all that so you have to you can treat them as well um there's different ways to treat treat it but actually oral ocps oral contraceptive pills will treat these um these symptoms uh so that's why a lot of people who have pcos are on ocps because you can treat both the androgen the steroid symptoms and the in the you know endome take care of your endometrial lining as well um but you could also there are other um medications on the market that are basically anti um androgens like spironolactone is one um yeah so there's that and you also like i said women who have pcos are at higher um likelihood actually this is independent of B- bmi to um, have diabetes or high cholesterol. So, um, you should be screened for those things as well. The other thing I wanted to say, um, about the third criteria, the, the multiple cysts, which we now know are actually follicles. Um, it's really interesting when you like talk to OB guys about this, because, um, that's something that we rarely see now. And it's because, um, it's really easy to, if someone comes in with oligomenorrhea, so not having as many periods as they should in a year, it's really easy to just put someone on birth control pills. And um, those pills actually reduce the number of follicles. And so usually if someone has a transvaginal ultrasound after they've been on um, the pill, it, those follicles go away. And so they don't have, um, they won't have the multiple follicles. So that's something that we actually rarely see anymore just because it's very easy to prescribe birth control to those patients. Hmm interesting yeah but you only mm-hmm. need two of the three criteria right exactly um 
And also, you know, a lot of times women who have PCOS want to become pregnant, but it's hard for them because uh, because they don't ovulate, essentially. We call that infertility due to ovulation factor. Can they mm-hmm. do IVF or something like they that? They can do IVF. Also, you can give women... So there's um, a very popular medicine. Oh, I don't know, popular, but a common for, like first sign treatment for fertility. Infertility is something called um, clomiphene. Okay. Or clomid, clomid, it's also called. Yeah, um, that'll help them ovulate. Usually you start with clomid and then you'll go to another treatment and then eventually you might go to IVF yeah um that's the other thing I was going to say so uh we talked a lot you know about like female hormones androgens insulin so um the this the the study of hormones like this is called endocrinology so the study of your endocrine endocrine glands um and there's a there's a branch of OBGYN called reproductive endocrinology and infertility so REI for short so that's the people who take care of the more complicated cases. So general OBGYNs um, can take care of, you know, most everyone. Um, And then um, if it just gets to be more complicated or if they're like needing IVF or some of the further reproductive assistive technologies, then we would refer those onto an REI doctor. That's the nuts and bolts of PCOS. Yeah. Cool. If any listeners have PCOS and want to share their own stories with us, um, that'd be great. You can just email us at thevagabondspodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can tweet at us at the Vagabonds. Uh, and then Instagram's at the Vagabonds Pod. And we have a store. Oh, yeah. We the have Vagabonds, a store. We shortened our URL for you. Yeah. Which is always nice. The Vagabonds.com slash store where you can pick up a mug or a t shirt, help support the show. Or a baby onesie for your baby feminist. Um, yes. And, and the website that offers these mugs often has often so totally often has uh discounts so check those out um you know you can buy them at full price if you want to that would help us even more yeah yeah but you know put in a put in a coupon code and sometimes you'll get even like 60 percent off on some things it's amazing Wow. I think that the three of us should um, do a quote-unquote secret Santa where each one of us buys the next person in the circle one of our t-shirts and then we'll take a picture of all of us wearing it for Christmas. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like this plan. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a giveaway too. I don't know. That could be kind oh, of fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. You I'm, have to, we don't give away f- stuff for free though. You have to like, maybe, I don't know. Tweet do, us we'll or figure yeah. it out. We'll figure you have it to out. do something for us. You know, we, this is yeah. this is a transactional relationship. Just people. kidding. We- <laughs> no, they do. You gotta share us or something. I don't know. We'll figure it we'll out. Figure we'll figure. We'll tell out. you next time. What All we right. Decide. Well, it's been. Um, real. Don't forget that we have been reading Hunger by Roxanne Gay. So we're yeah. gonna do that in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I've been. I started reading it. I'm almost halfway done. It's very good. So get on that. Yeah. I I guess I will. Yeah, Dave, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. My life is so busy, he says to the medical students. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, sounds good. Bye, friends. Bye. Stay warm. Bye.